Hello, my name is Hui Zemang. Welcome to my podcast, The Truth About Us. Thank you for tuning in. Today I want to talk to you about witchcraft. That subject about which we may tend to believe that someone with supernatural powers is pulling the strings on our lives and obstructing our happiness. Let's get right into it, shall we? Now, this episode is logically connected to the one I posted last week, titled Be Well, It's Your Mind That Matters The Most, where I talk about the importance of your mind when it comes to sustaining your well-being. I suggest that you make time to also listen to that one as well. If you haven't yet, you might find it very helpful in some way. So, what is witchcraft? It is an attempt to weaken someone or deny them happiness by creating an illusion of their weakness and persuading them to substitute their reality, which is their power, with it. Since no one could be asked to do this willingly, the attempt happens secretly through subtle ways. Essentially, it is a way of controlling another person remotely and making them lose sight of their own reality while they become preoccupied with a false reality that the witch has created for them, all with the aim of making them feel so defeated that they can't help but submit to the will of the puppet master. Now, what is a witch? Well, let me underscore my definition of that by firstly defining its contrast, a friend. A friend is anyone who regards us as their equal and comes into a relationship with us only to help create the happiness we would share. They acknowledge our shared happiness with them as the only reason for our relationship, and they see their role in our lives as being to help and to enable us to achieve this happiness as we do the same for them. This equality is the bedrock of mutually beneficial and loving relationships and the primary reason for their long-lasting nature. For the sake of being specific and clear, I will use the word which in its derogatory form to mean any person of any gender, race or creed who practices what is commonly referred to as black magic. Black magic being the use of supposedly supernatural powers in harmful ways that do not acknowledge the equality of people thereby going against the words, do unto others only as you will have them do unto you. Now, a witch is the opposite of a friend. It is anyone who does not regard you as their equal, and who for that reason may use you and your friendship to pursue their exclusive form of happiness. They do not share the happiness even though it is created with your help only because they believe they are more entitled to it than you are. Their aim is to deepen the state of inequality with you to a point where you become their servant and continue to depend on them. They might sabotage the effort you make to be independent of them, and even ensnare you into schemes where you could unknowingly sabotage your own happiness. In essence, the aim of a witch is to keep you in a state of saving their happiness while they continue to use that happiness as a way of deepening their perceived superiority over you. Where does witchcraft originate from? Witchcraft has been a part of our life since we became aware of our existence as a species. It is a part of our nature, a potential that each of us possesses, 
which is then activated by the choices we make within our minds. A choice to either be a witch or a friend is based on what each person believes regarding who they are, their regard for other people and for the environment in which they live. Whenever we believe we are physical beings and our happiness is limited to physical things, we create scarcity, a state in which we believe our happiness could only come from the availability of physical things, which we regard as limited, of course. It is in our belief in scarcity that we might think happiness is mutually exclusive, and the only way to be happy would be to refuse another person the same happiness, so that there is enough for us. On the contrary, Whenever we believe we are mind beings with physical bodies, we realize that the options to be happy in life can only come from the mind, and for that reason, they are as unlimited as our imaginations, and that any physical thing could be made to serve unlimited forms of happiness if the mind could learn to recreate it, so to speak, and experience it in ever new ways. In that way, our happiness would not have to depend on dispossessing anyone but on exploring the abundant possibilities that a thinking mind ever makes available. Can I get bewitched? No, only unless if you cooperate with someone in your own bewitching. Why would someone want to bewitch me? Very often, it is because of jealousy coupled with an insatiable need to be better or even to assert their perceived superiority over you. Some people do not believe enough in themselves, in the fact that they have the same potential as anyone else to be as great as they want to be. They find it hard to believe that there is no power that any person could have that they themselves do not have, simply because we are all human and all of us are the same in our essence, regardless of the differences in our situations. The inability to believe this has everything to do with our upbringing, where situational differences among people are mistaken to be differences of essence, and people are accorded permanent identities based on temporary circumstances instead of their true humanity. As a result, one may tend to feel like their own stature in the eyes of other people gets diminished by the success of another. This is where they might literally want to go and tell the other person to stop being successful, if they could. But then, how do you go and tell someone to go against their own happiness without outright sounding and appearing crazy? Because of the fear to express ourselves, that is often caused by the absurdity of some of our notions regarding other people. We often resort to finding anonymous and indirect ways of expressing these notions so that we won't be held accountable for them. The indirect expression then takes the form of insincere communication through words and symbols, cryptic language, innuendos and other things placed at various places with the hope that the person we want to influence or bewitch would become aware of them and begin to change their behavior. This, in essence, is an attempt to influence someone remotely by appealing to their fear. In more specific ways, someone practices witchcraft over another to make themselves happy, to pressure someone to stop doing something, to abandon their house, quit their job, or end their relationship with someone, among other things. The ultimate aim of witchcraft is to prevent someone from seeing the evidence of their own success and denying them happiness. 
Should acts of witchcraft succeed in affecting the other person, the roots of fear get planted in their mind. Where they cease to see their own successes, victories and happiness as they begin to see more illusions of their weakness, inability and failure. It is in this state of fear that one becomes more vulnerable and suggestible to even more mind control by others, even to the point of unknowingly requesting help from the very person who is responsible for conjuring up their illusions. This is where the dominion of one person by another becomes total. In fact, this matches very well with the childhood stories we grew up hearing, that witches turn victims into zombies and keep them as slaves. How does witchcraft actually work? When Jesus said, Anything that any two agree upon on earth shall be granted in heaven, he meant that in your pursuit of happiness in life, if someone suggests to you something that you also agree with, and the two of you agree on that as a way of pursuing and sharing happiness, this creates an agreement between the two of you, which the rest of existence will go on to honor, because the purpose of all existence is peace. And peace comes through the meeting of minds between two people who both agree on how to find happiness together. At its base level, witchcraft has the same structure as that of a community, a culture, a group of people or even society at large, as well as the same as the idols that people tend to create and worship. In fact, organizing society and creating idols follow the same process we use to create what is generally known as the social contract. The social contract is how we organize society by creating a value system, a community, the language of that community, its code of ethics, its reward and punishment system. This is how a social club, a community or state is created and its social cohesion fostered. It all starts with one person who decides on something that they believe is valuable. They go out to seek out other people who value the same thing or convinces them by showing evidence of why it is important to them to value that thing. In the case of witchcraft, this is where false evidence could be used to persuade and convince others into being a part of something that has no benefit or may even be harmful to them. However, those who find the evidence presented to them to be believable go on to form a community of like-minded people where they pledge to work together in the pursuit of those values. Rules are then formulated and procedures for doing anything in that community are set. The rules and procedures become the moral code of conduct for achieving the values of the group. And with that, a reward and punishment system is also established to encourage compliance while discouraging deviance. This process of creating consensus among people is the same way that one person makes an agreement with another and from that a relationship begins. In the same way, a witch would find agreement with someone who is less suspecting by using false evidence as the basis of the relationship. It is important to understand that anything that we subscribe to becomes our reality for the same reason that everyone who believes in a ghost is likely to have a ghostly experience at some point in their lives. In the same way, witchcraft affects only those who subscribe to its values who have chosen to subject themselves to its procedures and to its reward and punishment system. By believing that witchcraft works and that we can use it on someone while they can equally use it on us is synonymous to the choice to subscribe to the community that believes in it and to then agree to be bound by the rules of that community. That means 
Whenever we see something that we regard as a symbol of witchcraft or its rituals, we would react to them the same way as people who believe in its harmfulness. People who do not value what witchcraft values do not subscribe to its rules and procedures. And for that reason, they are not members of its community. The rules and procedures of witchcraft do not bind them because they do not believe in that way of being happy in life. People who do not subscribe to witchcraft also seek to be happy in life as well as to be protected from harm. However, they perceive the happiness and protection they need to be beyond what witchcraft could offer. In other words, they perceive various other ways in which they could attain the happiness and protection they seek without the need to participate, to deceive, to harm, and to dispossess someone or even subject them to their own control. Our happiness in life depends on each one of us. Every person is free to pursue happiness however they choose, whether by collaborating with others as equals or by using them to serve their own selfish goals. We can only become what we choose and each of us is empowered to make that choice. In their attempt to bewitch someone, a witch would use words that are meant to make that person think less of themselves and use symbols around them whose intention is to suggest to that person that they are not safe. The hope is that once the targeted person hears these words and sees the symbols, they would begin to interact more and more with them and become more fearful and defensive while also becoming less aware of their own happiness. To make this alternative reality even more appealing to the victim, emotional symbols such as blood, dead animals, and imaginary symbols of the devil are used together with rituals, incantations, and other symbols that people in general tend to be more fearful of. It is important to ever be mindful that everything that we focus our attention on becomes more real to us than if we were to ignore it and focus on something else. Because focus makes us see more details of whatever we are looking at, making us see it better and become more real. So, the aim of these symbols is to make suggestions to your mind with the hope that you will begin to focus and think more about them and blow them out of proportion, making them more real than they actually are. What is it that is real about witchcraft? Why is it so scary? Witchcraft is an illusion. However, even an illusion can become real if we interact more with it and get other people to also buy into it. The same way as all the superheroes we see on television. Everyone knows they don't exist in any other way that we may regard as real and yet we find ever more ways of making them more relatable to a point of taking our real families to movie theaters and spending real money to sit for over two hours having real fun watching our favorite movies. People who practice witchcraft tend to do harmful things like kill and desecrate animals in order to send a message to their target simply because they believe there is magical powers in what they do. However, just as with magicians, Witches do not have any magical or supernatural power. They only have the same power that you and I have. The same power that can make the whole world disappear by simply closing your eyes and seeing none of it. Or to make something more real by focusing our attention on it until we get to see the smaller details that would convince us of its reality. There cannot be any supernatural power until we have exhausted all the natural power that we already have by virtue of our humanity. Nevertheless, by continuing to understand ourselves better, we could begin to uncover this natural power that we already have. 
The power that you perceive a witch to have is simply the surrendering of our own power as we begin to see the illusions we are shown. It is the power that comes from what the targeted person can give to the symbol. When that person is unable to put those symbols in their rightful places, such as knowing that a dead rat in the backyard is still a dead and helpless rat in the backyard, and only one in whose yard the rat is, has the power to decide what else they would want the rat to be, and could then use their power to either turn the rat into being a dead, harmless rat in a rubbish bin, or a half-asleep warlock. For both the witch and their victim to interact in this fearful act of attack and defense, they would both have to have forgotten the most important truth about life, that there is no power that any human being could ever give to another, since all of us are already one, the same and equal, by virtue of our humanity, and there is no power that is in one person that is not already within any other. To then believe there is a power to be protected or defended against such attacks, or to be gained by maiming anyone, is itself an illusion whose worst result is the maiming of other people. A few years ago in my country, South Africa, violent skirmishes developed between a group of mine workers who were on strike for several days and the police who were called in to keep the situation under control. These skirmishes went on for a few days until one fateful day when the conflict escalated. A day before this escalation, the protesters were warned that the police might start using live ammunition to control the crowd. A group of mine workers then decided to go to an Inyanga for protection against that possibility. The protective rituals were made and the Inyanga was also paid. The next day came and the skirmishes escalated to an all-out violence. The police used live ammunition and many mine workers died. Some of them were those who had gone for the Inyanga's protection the day before. On learning that the protection did not work, the friends of the deceased avenged them by killing the Inyanga. This basically proves that not only did the Inyanga fail to save them from death, but could neither protect himself against the same fate, even though he made them believe that they were safe. Now, even though the protection was an illusion, it has unfortunately resulted in the death of people who, because of their belief in it, had placed themselves in harm's way. The only real thing about witchcraft is therefore in the rituals that its proponents perform and the gruesome acts that they may inflict upon animals and even people who get maimed and may even be used in the rituals. The people who practice witchcraft do so because they believe in it. The harm they cause to others is real and that is simply because they believe in the power that someone had told them they would acquire from doing so, not because they actually do gain power from that. However, their belief is only for themselves and it works for them to the extent they believe in it and it can work against anyone to the extent they subscribe to it. In that case, our minds should be our primary defense. Common sense needs to dictate to us that one person cannot give another something that they themselves do not have. The same way the Inyanga sought to give other people the protection that even he could not provide to himself, making him what the cause in miracles refers to as an unhealed healer. How can I defend myself against witchcraft? 
We need to be practical in our defense against the physical effects of witchcraft, especially once there is evidence of someone having invaded our personal space, our home, our office, our food, intimidating any member of our family, and so on. The main danger of witchcraft is in the criminal behavior that people are likely to engage in while carrying out what they believe, such as trespassing, physical harming, poisoning, or even killing someone. You can protect yourself by being mindful of three important things. The first one is that witchcraft is an unloving act that seeks to force your mind to focus on illusions. And you can perceive the unloving acts of others and the illusions they create by being aware of their actions and your own thoughts. To protect yourself against witchcraft, maintain a state of awareness of your thoughts and of the things happening around you. Secondly, Witchcraft is an attempt to claim exclusivity of the symbols it uses around you. In your awareness of the illusions surrounding you, begin to translate them into what you want them to be. Reclaim their meaning for yourself in order to make them cease to be used by others as a means to attack you. Thirdly, witchcraft is one person's ill will against another, and for it to be effective, the person being targeted would also need to cooperate. But then, how can anyone knowingly cooperate in a scheme whose aim is to obstruct their own happiness? It is for that reason that witchcraft is a secret attempt to inhibit someone's happiness by pervading their surrounding with evidence of being bewitched so that they cannot see anything else to the contrary, thereby accepting the bewitching as a foregone conclusion. The witch wants you to lose sight of all that is good and well in your life, so that in that fear, you go out of your own reality to seek help in theirs. More like wanting to move you from your well-grounded home turf to a place where there is no certainty. So, find as many things as possible within your mind, on your body, in your possession, in your surroundings, or in how you affect other people. And use any of them to remind yourself of your capability, success, well-being and happiness of all that is good and going well with you. Appreciate all these beautiful aspects of your life and remember them whenever someone says something to you that seems to suggest that you are unable or weak, unworthy and so on. The best defense against any illusion is to be ever aware of the reality of your happiness and the various pieces of evidence that attest to it. Remember it is this evidence that the deceiver ever wants to hide from you and the more your happiness, the more effort they would need to expend to even think of covering away just a part of your happiness. Whenever you perceive the unloving acts of other people, resist the urge to engage in the drama of the things they do, how loud or strange they sound, their size or appearances, and more. The more you do, the more real the illusions become. Remember it is your happiness that the illusion master is trying to keep you away from, by keeping you preoccupied with the drama they create around you. Instead, put your faith in something more real than the illusion. That reality is in your belief that we are all God or the oneness of creation and all of us are one, the same and equal. That means there is no power that is in anyone that is not already in you, simply by virtue of being as human as all others. So, your protection against witchcraft lies in knowing that all the people are one and a witch does not possess any exclusive power that you do not possess already. If anyone allows themselves to attach fearful meanings to the symbols that they throw around you, 
you have the equal power to redefine those symbols and give them your own meaning and to make them obey your will too. Simply give anything the meaning you find empowering and then interact with it from that meaning. That is how you manage to stay out of other people's realities while staying grounded in your own. It is the same as how a gun could be manufactured with the purpose of it being used to fight in a war. Until one day it falls into the hands of a museum curator who then redefine its purpose and role and put it on display as a way to bring more patrons or to raise funds for the museum. In his possession, the gun serves his will and that is different from the will of the person who manufactured or owned it before. Live and let live by letting others assume their own perspective regarding your shared surroundings, while at the same time respecting your own perspective regarding the same things. Transmute everything to your own purpose. Know that by living in the same environment with others, we always borrow from each other, so to speak, the various elements of our reality, such as when someone picks up a spoon to use it. For that time, they define for themselves what the purpose of the spoon is and would use it in accord with that purpose. And then, when the time comes for you to use the same spoon, it becomes up to you what purpose you set for it. Therefore, if you find a dead rat on your doorstep, just know that it was harmed in some way or someone has put it there for their own reasons. Respect the fact that it is within your power to also set a reason for what you are going to do with it. Your own reason, not the one you think the other person who put the red there has set. If you think of their reason, you get preoccupied with it and begin to see only what you think they want you to see, even when all of that is made up by you. This is how they use the power of your mind against you, and if they win, it is not because they have defeated you, but because you have defeated yourself. By setting our own reasons for interacting with anything, we can redefine our reality and experience it differently, the same way we could experience a newly renovated house. Take the symbol that a witch uses and give whatever meaning you believe would bring them into harmony with you. In that case, instead of interacting with the symbols on the terms set by the witch, we interact with them on our own terms. This is how we literally transmute things that were meant to be used for darkness and bring them back into light, suffering into happiness. What you choose to be the new meaning of that symbol becomes your truth about it, which would then guide your interaction with it from that point on. That would perhaps be the best way of understanding what Jesus meant when he said, Hold on to the truth by which you are assured. Confronted with the unloving acts of others, it is not enough to just ignore and keep running away while the false evidence you are running from continues to pervade your reality. That makes it ever more difficult to resist if you cannot see more evidence that proves the contrary. It is for that reason that you should never believe anyone who tells you to be strong about anything if they do not give you or show you the reason that should make you strong. The reason is the one that sustains your strength. So, always find real evidence in the various areas of your life and ever anchor yourself in the awareness of your happiness. Appreciate things that are already as good as they should be in your life and use them to serve as testament of your power and ability to sustain yourself. And let them be your argument in refuting any false evidence that may come from the unloving words and actions of others. 
I will end here for today. Thank you once more for staying tuned. I hope you found this episode informative. Until next Sunday, have yourself a great week. Goodbye.